Hello everybody and welcome to Late Night Football. Welcome to another episode. And this is a very special episode because this weekend is the Carabao Cup final. And I mean it's no so it's a competition that a lot of people don't take very seriously. It's a competition that's often seen as the ugly stepchild of the domestic football calendar, but I've always loved the competition. I've always loved the League Cup in some ways and it goes back to my love for the Europa League actually. Like I mean those are competitions that are a bit unheralded, a bit uh, sort of looked at uh, slightly with the with the you know people who turn their nose up at those competitions but I love them I love I love those kind of competitions I love the league cup for that reason it's absolutely fun to watch and today I'm going to count down my my well I'm not going to count down but I'm going to list my favorite three mem- most memorable Carabao League Cup EFL Cup Carling Cup whatever you want to call it finals Uh, so we're going to talk three. So there's no criteria as such in terms of uh, order. Like I'm, this is not necessarily my top three. There's no particular order to it. I'm going chronologically by year. So I'm going to start with the oldest first uh, to the newest. And uh, these are just my three most memorable ones. It's not the three best finals. It's not the three most high quality finals. Anything of that sort. There's just three that I think uh, stand out to me as a fan and in my memory and and I'll give you the reasons for why each one of them is special and I've looked at a lot of different uh, ways of uh, analyzing it and I've tried I've tried to limit it to just one club uh, per listing so that therefore uh, you know otherwise when you're talking uh, different you know you, you can get, kind of get bogged down into it with with each final so I'm just looking at it as one club uh, or in, in each listing that, that's all that I'm looking at and I picked three and it's in chronological order but uh, and I and I gone from 2005 onwards because i think that's when my sort of football fandom started so i don't want to go before that and um because i don't have much of an idea about those ones so i don't want to go too far back as well so uh, it's only in the last 15 years i guess we're talking about the best carabao cup finals from the last 15 years well not the best but the most memorable ones for me from the, from those 15 years i picked my my three most memorable ones and you know you've got to enjoy them because we don't know how long this competition is going to last i mean you know the new champions league format coming uh, the european super league is is sort of an other side for now will that come back we don't know so we've got to enjoy this and i'm going to enjoy this one but uh, as we look ahead my top 3 carabao cup finals and we will start uh, with the first one and uh, it's 2006 it's manchester united against Wigan Athletic it finished Manchester United 4 Wigan Athletic nil and I, and and coming to this game um you know it, it was uh, there's a lot of stories around around, around this game it, it, the reason why it's memorable for me is uh, when you look back at 2006 it was a weird time actually uh for for Manchester United in a bit we'll talk about that we'll talk about Wigan first Wigan you know today they are known as as a league 1 team uh, as a team that probably was too too uh, fortunate to be in the Premier League for as long as it was Back in 2006, they were a newly promoted side in the Premier League. They were second at one point of time in the season before they settled into mid-table and they stayed there. And they got to the Carabao Cup final. They had a, a decent team at that time. They were overachieving. And I don't think it would be any stretch of imagination to say that they were overachieving. Achieving, but they were having a good season and they come into this final, you know, with all kinds of hope, with all kinds of dreams. And the reason for that uh, is because Manchester United in 2006, uh, or at least in uh, early 2006, but a completely different to what they would become just a year later i mean it, it's it's incredible to think now but this was the united team that was completely completely unstable behind the scenes i mean ferguson had announced his retirement in 2002 but then he turned it stayed on he won the league title in 2003 by 2006 united had gone 
through Bailey and Pat Chelsea had overtaken them. Arsenal had overtaken them as well, uh, and uh, they were saying down the barrel. And as as uh, bad as it as uh, crazy it's, as it sounds today, uh, there were calls for Ferguson to retire from the media, not from the fans, not from the board, according to him, but definitely the media. There were lots of people in the media who were saying so Alex Ferguson needs to retire, and so he came into this game under a lot of pressure. This was. United's last chance of a trophy as well for that season because they had been knocked out of the Champions League in the group stages. They'd been knocked out of the FA Cup. Uh, Chelsea were running away with the league. You know, they think they were 12 points clear at that point uh, of time. So this was their only chance for a trophy. They'd gone trophyless the season before. And coming into this game, uh, Roy Keane had been sacked from the club. He had been told that he could leave, so he had left. And Ruud van Nistelrooy was dropped from the team. He was he was. Uh, he was uh, taken from the starting lineup to become a super sub, and actually, he didn't even—he didn't even make the squad for this game. He wasn't even named in the squad. So all of these things, all these things in the background—they come into the game, and it's just completely blow, Wigan uh, away 4-0. And the reason why it's memorable is because this was the start of a new Manchester United. This was the start of a Manchester United that, in some ways, what what we saw in that game was a United that was going to be built and was going to dominate English and European football for the next three years. Uh, it was incredible to watch it. It was Cristiano Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney. They had absolutely amazing, amazing games. This was their coming out party, in some ways. The first trophy that those two won together. Uh, you know, Ronaldo did win the FA Cup in, F- in 2004, by the way. But yeah, this was their first trophy that they won together. They played well together. And I think that's Ferguson said that was the future. That was the future with himself, uh, Rooney and with Saha, who unfortunately got injured. And then they got in Tevez. There were still a few parts that needed to be added. Carlos Tevez, Michael Carrick, Owen Hargreaves. You know, they all those guys. But I think Ferguson in this game, he saw the future. He saw that this is where uh, Manchester United need to go. Not in the goal poaching style of Ludwig Nistelrooy, but the explosive style of Wayne Rooney and Cristiano Ronaldo, the talents that those two possess and the pace and the and the ability that they have, that that's where the future is. And I think he saw that and that this was sort of that that uh, confirmation moment uh, for Manchester United and for Alex Ferguson. And then what came after is is definitely something worth writing about the next three years. You could make other cases for United finals, by the way, honorable mentions, the iPod final of 2009, where Ben Foster looked, uh, you know, one uh, one in on penalties for United by practicing penalties on an iPod, which was a big deal back in those days. Uh, and then, of course, he had the Zlatan Ibrahimovic final of 2017, where he pretty much took United from, you know, dragged them to the win, uh, where Southampton probably should have won it. There will be a lot of Southampton fans who will be agonizing over, over Gabbiadini's disallowed goal, but uh, Ibrahimovic won it. But I think, but I think this for me takes the cake just because of what it foretold and what it brought to United. I think this game for me stands out as absolutely memorable. And then going on to my second one, uh, it's uh, Birmingham City to Arsenal one in 2011 i mean that <sighs> what can you say about that game well, what can you talk about that game it was uh, something something some things are best left unsaid as they say but we have to talk about this and i think as much as people talk about lows and and you know where arsene wenger you know went with arsenal i think for me this was probably the lowest point Oh, at least this was the point where you kind of knew that Arsenal were not going to be Arsenal anymore. Not the Arsenal of the 2000s. The 2000s were firmly in, in the background. This was an Arsenal team. It was completely different. That, that you know, uh, somewhere I think they lost the plot. I think I think I think the word to put there. But uh, I mean, what a memorable memorable game. I think Arsenal having been without a trophy since the FA Cup in 2005. Uh, so they had gone six years without a trophy. They come up against Birmingham. Birmingham City newly promoted, sort of in mid-table, but you know, still sort of fighting a relegation battle. But they come into this game, everybody just is up for it, and, and everybody's saying, you know what, 
Arsenal are going to win this one. There's no way Arsenal can lose this one. They have got to win this one. Uh, and, they, and you know, it was the best chance of winning a trophy uh, since that FA Cup. And and everybody was like, yeah, you know, this is this is it. This has to be it. And then a new Arsenal emerges. A new Arsenal comes along. But uh, fate had other ideas. And Robin Van Persie scores, but then you know he gets injured like he always does. So he's you know, and then uh, and then Birmingham just come back and they scored two goals and including a stoppage time winner, that uh, late last minute winner, which uh, totally changes the game, changes uh, the mood around Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal, this was a game that was in Arsenal's hands. So again, there was meant for Arsenal to win and then they go and they bottle it and they lose it. And uh, I mean, you just have to see the sides for Arsenal. I, I think personally, I think this, you know, as good as it was, I mean, for Birmingham, and I will talk about that in a second. I just thought this was the moment of confirmation as well. If, if you think if you think about 2006 as the beginning of a new era for Sir Alex Ferguson, I think 2011 was the end of an era for Arsenal Wenger. I think it was the moment when people knew Arsenal were never going to be serious challengers for any kind of major trophies. They were not going to challenge for league titles, Champions Leagues, Europa Leagues. They were not going to challenge for those. And they did still win a three FA Cups, by the way, in four years. They, they did win an FA Cup, I think, a couple of years later. Three years later, yes, they won the FA Cup. And uh, they did win a few FA Cups, but I think this was the moment where people realized, you know, this Arsenal team doesn't have the mental strength to go on and win those big trophies. And I know the League Cup is not a big trophy, but, you know, kind of making semantics as, as to what I'm saying is the fact that uh, that Arsenal team definitely, that vintage Arsenal, that vintage of Arsenal team uh, definitely didn't have that mental fortitude. But it, it is, it was incredible to watch, uh, you know, the scenes after that it was disconsolated. The, the trolling that happened uh, was, was incredible, of course, but I, I, you just got a feel for some of the Arsenal players and Vars and Wenger, who must have thought he was yet hit, finally broken that jinx and he, get, he had to wait a few more years to break it. For Birmingham City, I mean, it was an interesting, interesting uh, season because they won that game and nobody expected them to. And and to be honest, they had a game plan. Actually, there's a wonderful article on the on the Guardian. If you have a chance, find it and read it. It's an absolutely beautiful article from the Birmingham players who talk about how they they approached that league, that game, and how they won it, and and you know their mindset going into that game, their ability. And I think the one thing that stood out was the fact that one of the players uh, said, and I'm paraphrasing this, but he, he said something to the effect of, "We knew how Arsenal were going to play, and we knew how we had to counter it." And I think that was the main thing. The predictability that had creeped into Arsene Wenger's game uh, was now coming to the fore, and now even teams like Birmingham in big games. They kind of knew what they had to do to win, and that, that's a wonderful article. If you can find it, read it. It it really gives insight into what happened for that for that game and what what it meant for the rest of the season. Uh, but they go on and win that game. It's, it was incredible for Birmingham, absolutely uh, putting on a real masterclass uh, in some ways in in, in that uh, in that game and, and how to beat Arsene Wenger and Arsene Wenger's Arsenal. Uh, you know, it's wonderful. But but the season didn't have a happy ending. They actually got relegated. At the end of the season, I mean that that was incredible, and, and and again that article actually put some insight because some of the players were carrying injuries, and they all wanted to play in that final. And the amount that they gave in that final, the amount that they that they put in into that game, and then a few players who were carrying injuries, they all got they all broke down, and they lost a few players to injuries, and then that was it. Their league their league title, their league challenge of staying up, kind of deteriorated. So even though they won the league cup, uh, they they. They went out of the league. They were relegated that season. Alex McLeish, who won the, uh, the 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 trophy, he actually left the club as well at the end of the season. So, and then the whole team disintegrated. And Birmingham today are now uh, dangling. Not they're not they're they're kind of a yo-yo club between the championship and the league one. That's where they they are right now. But that that was their final, the last moment of glory that they've had for a while. And and uh, but you know you can't begrudge that for them. It was absolutely fantastic fantastic final and an honorable mention in this case he went to Swansea in 2013 when they won the League Cup as well uh, which was again a wonderful final 
uh, for anybody. But I think one of the few finals where none of the big six clubs were involved, which was I think one of the last times actually that uh, you had a final where none of the big six, neither of the two teams involved were big six clubs. So I mean, it's special for that reason. But I think just for the fact that uh, that Birmingham beat Arsenal, uh, you know, I think stands out for me uh, in terms of memory. So that's that's my pick. And then number three, my final pick, and uh, I mean this one. Ah, it's Chelsea against Manchester City. Manchester City beating Chelsea on penalties in 2019. I mean, uh, and I mean you could pick so many Manchester Manchester City uh, League Cup wins. City have won quite a few in the last few years. You could win any, so many of Chelsea's when Chelsea have won a few fair few as well. But this one, I mean, for sheer drama, uh, I, I think it picks a kick. And the drama didn't actually come from uh, didn't, didn't actually come on on the pitch. It actually came. It actually came in, in an incident that had nothing to do with football, but what, what a game it was! The game, well, the first game in football, and maybe one of the one of the first, one of the few games in football where a team changes their manager uh, midway through the game. I mean, I'm kidding, obviously, I'm trolling, obviously, but that that was the game. The Kepa it's a Balaga final, you can call it that one. I mean, what a, what a game that was! Chelsea City were en route to a domestic treble. They were in a neck and neck battle with Liverpool. They were, you know, in the Champions League at that point. Still, they were looking at quadruple, but they were also chasing a domestic treble. Never had been done before. And, and you know, City looking, they had somehow clawed Liverpool back, even though Liverpool had the advantage. Somehow, the other, they managed to claw them back, themselves back in the title race. They were back in front and uh, just trying to find a way, trying to find any kind of edge uh, in that. And then this League Cup final comes and it's against Chelsea. And they had had a pretty kind draw. I think that season, one of the things that, that gets talked about a lot, and I don't, and I still don't think it gets talked about enough, is how kind the draw was for City in both the League Cup and, and the FA Cup. And even in the Champions League, actually, if you look at it, they had some very, very easy teams. And this, I think, was probably the toughest game that they played in all of their three cup competitions. Uh, this was the toughest game that they played against uh, Chelsea in the in the League Cup semi-final. This was the toughest one. They actually, I, I would say that. I mean, they know they lost to Tottenham. Eventually, they went out, but they had, but but this, I think, was 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 probably the toughest uh, challenge that they were going to face that season. And that says a lot about City and all that. But uh, I mean, Chelsea just you know, this was a team, Chelsea team, that actually beaten City not so long ago. They'd beaten them, but then they also got hammered and humiliated by by Manchester City as well. So coming to this game, both were sort of even Stevens and Chelsea just put on a defensive wall. They're just trying whatever they can. Uh, if you, you know, to, to keep City out, they're actually showing the template that would became the reason for why Pep Guardiola lost the title the following season because they began, you know, I, I, I don't think that was where it started, but I do think that that was confirmation that people needed that, you know what, this is what we need to do if you want to stop City. And I think Chelsea executed that plan to perfection all the way up until the 114, 115th minute, and then, then. Kepa goes down with what looks like an injury. He's he's down for a while. He's you know the physio comes on, straining him, treating him, and then Sari says, you know what? I'm going to replace my goalkeeper. I'm going to make that change. I'm going to bring on my reserve goalkeeper. Now there's a story there as well that really Caballero was the reserve goalkeeper, and he, uh, you know, is obviously it was a former City player. So imagine the headlines that a former City player comes on for for an injured goalkeeper for his new club and then wins the League Cup for said new club on penalties. I mean, what a story that would be, except. Except, 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 Kepa decided that, you know what, no, I'm okay to continue. I don't need to come off. And so, even as the, the manager is telling him that, you know, you need to come off, Kepa stays on the field and he's like, no, I don't want to come off. And I mean, that happens all the time. Players don't want to come off. But, you know, when the number goes up and the board goes up, you got to come off. And he still refuses. He says, no, I'm fine. I'm going to stay. 
and 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 all of this in the backdrop i think i think a lot of people uh ignore this or miss this is that as as Maureen, uh, you know as sadi is is uh, you know bellowing at, at kepa to come off there's Gianfranco Zola. Gianfranco Zola, by the way, is a massive Chelsea legend. And he's just standing in the background. He's just going, why the hell is he not coming off? Like, what is going on? Come off. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, a Chelsea legend like that can, can you know, he feels, he's feeling the heat and he's saying to his player to come off and the player still refuses. Kepa refused to come off. Uh, and he just says, I'm fine. I'm staying on. There was a bit of a back and forth between the two. The commentators are going wild as to what's happening. You know, the goalkeeper's looking, you know, a spare thought for the goalkeeper because he's all strapped up and ready. He doesn't think he's going to play. But then suddenly he thinks he's gonna, he's not going to get ready and play. But then the, the player doesn't listen. The player doesn't want to come off. And what does the goalkeeper do? He's just standing there waiting. And uh, I mean, that's so much I've said. And then Sari just walks off uh, for a while. He just walks out towards the tunnel, thinking he has been sent off. Now, there's some conjecture. Was he walking off because he was upset at the player? Was he walking off because he thought he was suspended? I think he was walking off because he thought he was he got a red card for what he was doing. But it wasn't the case. He comes back. He sits on the dugout, though. And Kepa continues. And, and I, I, I don't know whether that was the reason why Chelsea went down to lose the game. I, I don't know the answer to that but uh, because he, he you know, it goes to penalties and, and obviously Chelsea don't uh, you know win City win on penalties but I do think it broke his focus just a little bit and sometimes that affects your concentration that affects your uh, mental state and uh, you know and affects the players as well because the players probably are watching it on the field as well and thinking what's going on but uh, I mean that became the Kepa Balaga final wasn't it and then everybody memed and everybody tweeted and, and posted and, and everything about Kepa being the new manager of Chelsea and then Maurizio Sarri was sacked I mean that that just uh, it, it's something that will live in my memory for a long long time to come just because of the fact that I, in my in my experience I the first time that I've seen I, I've seen players be upset at being asked to come off I've seen players uh, you know, be uh, not not you know get angry at the manager and not shake the manager's hand or just walk away or just look down in disgust. But I've never seen a player say, you know what, I am not coming off no matter what. I'm gonna stay. You know that you know like I'm going, I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna stay. I, I never seen that happen before. So it's gonna live in my memory for a long time. And if you haven't seen the video, I'm sure there's videos of, of it on YouTube. You can find it. I mean, that is something that that will live in the if anybody who watched that final it will live in the memory in their memories for a long 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 time to come but but, but scenes the scenes there but city went on to win that match and they went on to do the to complete the domestic treble uh, but unfortunately the, the 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 final won't be remembered much for them and their domestic treble as much as it will be remembered for chelsea and what happened there so that is it that is my list of top three most memorable carabao cup finals for me uh, and uh, you know, f- feel free to, sh- to smash a like and uh, if you enjoyed that and please do comment on what do you think were your memorable Carabao Cup finals you know do you have any list of your own do you agree with my list well you probably don't agree Some of, most of you probably don't agree with my list but do you agree that those were memorable enough or do you think there were others that, that deserved more of a mention do mention in the comment section would love to hear from you and obviously we've got the big Carabao Cup final coming up this weekend between Manchester City and, uh, Manchester City and Spurs will that do something to knock our top three of my top three rather off of that list will one of them take that place you know what jose Mourinho is fired so i don't know if that's going to happen but we shall see but let me know what you think uh, thank you so much for watching please do subscribe to my channel if you're watching this on youtube or like my page on facebook if you're watching it on facebook we appreciate the support would love to see you guys again for another episode but take care have a good day Bye bye